morning, ladies. Well, I am definitely missing you while I'm in India, but there is a very special guest in the house with you today. Janet Conley and her husband, Bayless, are the senior pastors of Cottonwood Church in Cypress, California. It's a thriving church where Janet leads an awesome women's ministry and an annual women's conference called Kindred. She is a mother of three and a grandmother of two, and Janet has the absolute purest heart of anyone I have ever met, and she is one of my very dearest friends on the planet. So I'd like to ask you to stand to your feet and let's give a huge chicken Connection. Welcome to Pastor Janet Conley. Yes, I am too. Well, Father, thank you. Thank you for your presence with us, that we are never alone. And may we never take that for granted, Father. Thank you for your great love, a love that passes all understanding, God, that you have for us, that is continual and it never ends. God, we're so grateful. And we just come and submit our hearts to you this morning. And we ask that you just pour out your spirit, God. Show us the things we need to know. You know the end of our lives from the beginning. And you know exactly what we need today. So we just open our hearts wide to exactly what you want to speak to us. We are wide open. We are hungry for what you want to say to us. Whether it be, whatever it would be, we just choose right now to have wide open hearts to what you want to say. And God, I just pray for every single woman. I pray, God, for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you today. I pray, God, that you would open our eyes to see wondrous things from your word like never before, Father. And I thank you, Father, for just meeting everyone right where they're at. Something special for each one today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, well, I'm going to talk today. You guys are on a little series and about um, receiving more of the love of God. And so I want to just talk to you about the extravagant love of God. How many saw that movie or read the book, Heaven is for Real? That little four-year-old boy, one thing as I read the book, the thing that stood out to me is he said, that little four-year-old boy who... Um, had a glimpse of heaven. He went on, um, he died on an operating table, something like that, and he had a glimpse of heaven. And he saw Jesus, and he said, I wish everyone could know how much Jesus loves them. If we could just know how much Jesus loves us. You know, over the years, and I've discovered different things and different facets of the love of God, and every time that I learn more of the love of God, things just fall away in our lives that don't belong there. Insecurities and, and fears and all kind of things just fall away when we understand how much Jesus has invested into us and how much he really loves us. Sometimes it's unbelievable how much he really cares and really loves us. But if we can only grasp how much he loves us. And that is my prayer today, that today each and every one of us will grasp in a fuller dimension somehow the, the greatness, the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, somehow something more of his love and not only grasp it, but also to experience somehow the wonderful love of God in a fuller way than we ever have before. Are you excited about that? Yes. 
so I thought first we'll just look at some verses about the love of God and just just have wide open like you've never read these verses before and just let God speak to your heart to what he wants to say to you about his love and I hope you'll see it in a whole new facet today because you know what we'll never ever see all the facets until we meet him face to face so there's always more we can learn and that's what's so exciting God's so good when I see oh my gosh I just had this amazing experience with God and it's oh wonderful and then it's like you know that experience can kind of wear off but you know what's so wonderful is that there's always more wonderful things to learn about God because he, his goodness never ends. He's so good, he's just wonderful. In Ephesians, the third chapter, and verse 18 and 19, this was Paul praying, and this is my prayer. And it's verse 18 and 19, it says, that you'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out, that you'll be able to reach out and experience the breath and test its length, plumb the depths, rise to the heights. There's a lot of dimension to God's love. Whatever we've learned so far, there's still more. Think about the time that you felt the most loved, whether it's by God or maybe just God's love through another person. Just think about that for just a moment. That was wonderful. But there's always so much more. God has so much more love for us. And I've been walking with God for 40 years, and even still today, we will always grow, continue to grow in the love of God. There's always another facet of his love that we can discover. <clears throat> I remember when my father took his last breath. I had just gotten home, and he'd slipped into a coma by the time I'd gotten home. But the night before, all my brothers and sisters had some time with him that he was very lucid. He just came, he just became lucid and it was, he talked to them all and everything, but when I got there, he was in a coma. And I just said, God, you know, I would really love that I could have some kind of closure with my dad. And, you know, it came the day when he took his last few breaths and I was standing right at his bedside. And the presence of Jesus came so beautifully. I don't know if you've ever experienced this at the death of a loved one, but I mean, the presence of Jesus came. I knew Jesus was there. It was like I saw my dad in a whole new light. Anything, he was wonderful. Everything was wonderful about my dad. Everything wonderful about our relationship. I mean, God's presence was there. His love was there. It was so beautiful. I will never forget it. It was like, it to me is like yesterday, and that was 14 years ago. And, uh, that was a facet of God loving me so much. He cared so much that I didn't get to talk to him before he left. I did talk to him, but he didn't talk back. But his presence and, and just, just seeing my dad in a whole new light with his presence there, it was wonderful. It was just God's way of loving me. He, my little prayer that said, God, if there's some way I could just connect with Dad before he leaves. He answered my prayer, and I just felt so loved by God. And that was so wonderful. But you know what? There's so much more to God's love than even that. And I, I can experience, I can look forward to even more love than that. There's always more depth we can discover and we can experience. It's an extravagant love. I said that um, in that verse it said that 
we could experience the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. That word extravagant means beyond what we deserve. Something's extravagant, it's excessive, and it's, it's um, extreme. God's love is excessive, and it's extreme. It's wonderful, it's beyond our description. He loves us so much. Ephesians 5.2 in the message, it says that word extravagant again. And I think God just wants to get something across to us because sometimes we can get in our mind what God's love is, but it's so much more. God's love is extravagant. It says in Ephesians 5.2, his love was not cautious, but extravagant. Have you ever thought, well, I wonder if when you meet someone, I wonder if I should you know, just really love them or what, you know, you kind of think about it maybe first, a little cautious at first, because you haven't ever met them before. Maybe you don't. Um, but his never is cautious, but his is extravagant. His is generous. His is excessive. His is beyond what we deserve always. And then it goes on in Ephesians 5 there. It says, he didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. So when we meet people, if we want to love them with the love of Jesus, we can just give ourselves to them and just love them like they totally deserve it, because they do in Jesus. He said he didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. And one time I was thinking about this with my children, and I thought, you know, sometimes I have love to my children expecting something in return. But God doesn't. He just loves us because that's who he is. He just pours out his love and loves us so much he doesn't expect in return. No conditions on him. Think a moment about a time maybe when you were hurt really badly. And then think about this. The sins that we had and the sins that caused Jesus to go to the cross, our sin hurt him so much more than anyone could ever hurt us. The sin, because we rejected him, we decided we're going to do it ourselves. The sin that we had, there was no way we could ever pay the price. And the sin that we had hurt Jesus, hurt God more than anything anyone could ever hurt us. Yet, he loved us and he forgave us. Think about someone who's hurt you. Sometimes it's very difficult to forgive them and it takes some time, doesn't it? But yet Jesus, in all the hurt that we put on him, he forgave us and freely, freely forgave us and freely, generously, extravagantly loved us. You remember the song, um, Here I Am to Worship? Here I Am to Worship, and part of it, it says in it, um, I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon the cross. Do you remember that part? I remember one time we were singing that, I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon the cross. And I remember thinking, well, God, I, I don't really 
get it. What, what was the cost? I want you to show me more. And in a split second like that, he showed me and said, I'll never know what it costs to see my sin upon the cross. And at that moment, I just saw all my sin and all my yuck and everything ugly about me up on that cross, and here I was, beautiful. And that's what Jesus' love did for us. All that junk was taken away, and his beautiful goodness and love was only what was left in us. Isn't that beautiful? Look with me in the book of Colossians. This is a picture of his amazing love and kind of describes that which I just described. What he did, all that sin, he took away for us because of his wonderful love. Colossians 1, 22 and 23. And I'm reading from the New Living. And you can uh, see it up on the screen there too. It says, this includes you and I who were once far away from God. We were his enemies. We were his enemies, it says. And sometimes I think, well, God, I wasn't your enemy. But really, we were by birth, passed down from Adam and Eve. We were his enemies, separated from him by our evil thoughts and actions. Yet now, now he's reconciled us to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. Through that awful death, he's made every he's brought us back in connection with him we were separated but he brought us back because of his great love and then as a result it goes on to say he has brought us into his presence and we are holy and blameless as we stand before him without a single fault isn't that wonderful what we had done has totally severed our relationship with him but he loved us so much that he paid an awful price in his physical body so we could be reconciled with him. And it says, as a result, we're brought into his presence and we are now holy and blameless as we stand before him without a single fault. So right now, right this very moment, and in every moment, because of Jesus, we stand before God blameless without a single fault. I stand before God blameless without a single fault because of the love of Jesus that he paid the price for me. Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he wonderful? Isn't his love extravagant and excessive and what we don't desire? And what that says to me is that we are totally accepted by God. You, because of Jesus, you are totally accepted by God. You're totally accepted. You can put up that little slide too. Totally accepted, completely forgiven. You're completely forgiven. You're deeply loved. And you are fully pleasing to God. Because of Jesus' wonderful love, he has made it that you are totally accepted. You are, I am completely forgiven. I'm deeply loved. I am fully pleasing to God. I love that when I come before God, even though maybe I've done something wrong because of Jesus and because he sees me through the eyes of Jesus, because he loves me so much, I'm still fully pleasing to him. Yes, I need to talk to him and get things right and that kind of thing, but I still can come without any shame or guilt or anything because of Jesus. Let's put this uh, picture up here that, um, of the 
Pastor Wendell Smith, and this is actually the late Pastor Wendell Smith, and this is, uh, I have this by permission, but this is Judah Smith's father. And this is a picture of when he, um, his, Judah, his son, was being put, um, installed as the senior pastor of the church. He was the senior pastor, but he was now installing his son to be the senior pastor of the church. And he's just looking on with such joy and pride. There's no kind of shame or disgust or anything. He just loves. He's just so excited. And I think sometimes that's like the father's face toward us all the time. All the time, because of Jesus' wonderful love, God looks at us with this sense of approval. And, you know, maybe people didn't approve you, but God approves you through Jesus. Isn't it wonderful? You can always know at every second, every moment of the day, God, thank you that I'm fully pleasing to you, that you approve me. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that I am deeply loved by you. I'm completely forgiven. Isn't it wonderful to know that because of Jesus' love? It's a, it's a limited picture of God's face toward us. No guilt, no shame, no blame. The price has been paid. Everything's taken care of. Isn't that wonderful? And I love this because nothing can ever separate us from this love that God has given to us. Nothing can ever separate us. Just listen to this, Romans 8, it's in the New Living, it says this, Romans 8, 38, it says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow not even the powers of hell can separate us from god's love no power in the sky above or in the earth below indeed nothing in all creation no one nothing will ever be able to separate us from the love of god that is revealed in christ jesus our lord isn't that good news nothing can ever separate us from that love. These things in our life will try to separate us from God's love, but they can't. God's love is too powerful, and it's forever. His love is stronger. Those things are not able to separate us. And I experienced this firsthand this early this year with my husband's accident. It was horrible, but despite how bad it was, it could not separate me from the love of God. He was so with me. He was so with me. And I'll get back to that in just a moment. But I just want to share um, just a couple little stories of my life where the love of God was revealed to me. And today, I'm still having the love of God, as you are, revealed to you in different ways because God's so big. His love is so amazing. Um, about 30 years ago, I was in Bible school, and I was so discouraged. It just seemed like everybody else had friends, and everybody was happy, but really, if I was honest with myself, I was not happy, and I did not know how to get happy. And I felt like, here I am at the best Bible school in the world, and I'm not getting the help I need. God, where are you? Kind of thing. And, and I just got really down about it, and just 
you know, really, I'm born again, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, but I'm just like so down about everything. I, I just like, I can't figure out life. And so I'm asking God for help and I'm just really in a kind of a tizzy because I don't know what to do. It's like if the answers aren't here at Bible school, where are the answers to have this joy in my life, to, to feel like, you know, at least um, people love me or that kind of thing. And I talked to my parents and they didn't know what to say to me. My roommates, it, it, this it was, got really bad. My roommates wanted me to move out because I was always so discouraged. They didn't like to have me around. That's really sad, you know? <laughs> and also, I was working as a nurse at the time, and um, I, I was kind of in a tizzy and just, you know, trying to sort this out, sort my life out. And so I made a mistake, and I almost gave this medicine to the wrong person, and so I had this warning. And so all the things that were really important in my life, my friends, my roommates, um, my job, my family, there, I didn't find any answers there. It just like everything was falling apart, and I just thought, you know what, forget it. Let's just end my life. It was a very dark time in my life. I did not know where to turn. I did not know how to get a hold of God. I didn't know how to handle it. And one day, one of my roommates, bless her heart, she still loved me, she invited me to go to this seminar with her. And I agreed to go. And I will never forget a truth about God's love that I learned that day. I learned that God loves me as much as he loves everybody else. Because you can look at your next door neighbor or this person, and they're getting money in the mail or, you know, at school it's like, well, these people are getting checks sent to them. What? What about me? Kind of thing. Or, you know, this person's got this happening in their life. You know, God, what about me? What about me? But you know what? The truth is that God loves me as much as he loves you. And he loves you as much as he loves me. He loves us all. We could all say God loves me best. Because he has that innate ability to love every one of us the best. And so um, that was such an, an incredible revelation to me that he's going to take care of me too. I just have to believe that. I just have to believe that he loves me. And she shared this scripture, and this was 30 years ago, and it still speaks to me today. So I want to share it with you. It's 1 John 4, 16. And it says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Do you know and believe the love that God has for you? And then it goes on and it says, God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And what she said was this. She said, let's read it like this. God is love, and he who stays in expectancy of his love abides in God and guide in him. Just the whole thing about being expectant of God's love in our life, rather than like, oh man, every, else to everybody else, but what about me? Or, gosh, God, that doesn't seem fair, you know? Rather than just saying, you know what, okay, God, you love me. I, I don't quite understand all this about your love, um, so I'm just going to open myself to you and trust that you love me and you're going to pour out your love. I'm just going to be in expectancy of something to happen. Do you know that when you're in expectancy, you know, when you've got a, a it's kind of like a positive attitude, but you're like, okay, God loves me. Uh, I don't know what that all entails, but I'm just going to have an open heart and I'm going to expect that he's going to do something. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know how to figure it all out, but he knows. So I'm going to have an expectancy. When you have an expectancy, you're opening up 
the pipelines from heaven. But when you're down about it, and like I was just like, oh, I don't get it, I don't know, you know, it, it closes off the pipelines that God wants to bring something. So you have to have an expectancy of what God wants to do in our lives. And that was a lesson on the love of God, that God loves me as much as he loves everybody else. And I just need to have that expectancy. Walk around in expectancy. And you know, what happened was, is I, I thought, oh, okay, God loves me too. You know, and I saw it in the scriptures, she showed us some scriptures, and I saw that God loves me too. Okay, God, and I got this big grin on my face, and a smile on my face, and two weeks later, this guy named Bayless Conley came up to me and asked me out on a date. And I'm like, oh my gosh, God, you do love me. I never thought you were going to bring me a husband or anything like that, but gosh, this is awesome. You love me so much. I mean, it was like I couldn't believe it. I, you know, some people go to Bible school to get married, but I honestly, I'm very naive. I didn't really think about it that way. But then he brought me this guy. Well, anyway, we dated and we um, got married the following January. So anyway, God's love is amazing, and he knows how to work things out if we just have an open heart to trust him and believe. Amen? Okay. And then fast forward 30 years to January 27, 2014, when my husband was in that boating accident. And once again, thank you so much for praying for him and for us. That phone call, they said, we have a man here named Bayless Conley, and he's pretty, um, pretty beat up, and it doesn't look good. And I had no clue who I was talking to. She said she was a social worker. She said, call this number. Call the, and this is the doctor's number. Call the doctor. I call the doctor, busy, 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 four or five times, busy, 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 and it's like 10 o'clock at night, and I'm like, I know they've been out, in the, they're out in the boat, they're lobster diving. Okay, God, you know, it's not a fun phone call to get. And throughout the course of his recovery, there were so many unknowns. In fact, the doctors told us when they came out after about the eight-hour surgery when he first got rushed to the hospital in the helicopters, the doctors said, we all thought we were going to lose him. Thank God Jesus was with us. But anyway, throughout his recovery, there were so many unknowns, so many things that were, could be scary to me and to our whole family. He had a brain bleed. He had a carotid artery tear. The main impact was, it was on a boat, and the main impact was right here. He hit like this. And uh, he was on a ventilator. He couldn't swallow. Um, I wonder, you know, is he ever going to speak publicly again? I mean, there are multitudes of cares and worries every single day. His sodium, his potassium, his magnesium, and, you know, I'm so glad for God's word because he said in him everything's held together. And some days I just go, God, I cannot hold these things together, and I never really could, but God... <laughs> I just trust you, that in you, you are holding him together. Because there's so many times he's just weak and all that kind of thing. So many times that I could be afraid. And I love this verse about God's love in 1 John 4.18. If you were in your Bibles in verse 16, just go right to verse 18. This became my comfort and my strength, and I saw a new dimension of God's love that I hadn't ever seen before. I mean, I... I had known this verse and that kind of thing and it was brought to my remembrance but somehow this was a really this was a bigger situation that I'd ever been in before that I had to trust God and not to be separated from his wonderful love it says there's no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment 
In another translation, it says, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. So no, love, no fear in love. And then the next verse, it says, but he who fears has been made perfect, has not been made perfect in his love. In other words, if we're afraid or if I'm afraid, I haven't really fully understand the depth of his love for me. And so it became to me a signal. Whenever I'd be afraid, there were a lot of temptations to be afraid. And a lot of times, hearing the doctor's report, he's got pneumonia now. Okay, yeah, they don't die unless they get pneumonia, you know, kind of things like that. And um, I would run back to him when I was afraid. It would be my little signal. When I'd feel myself being afraid, it'd be my little signal, run back to him, run back to God. God, I trust in your love. You said that your perfect love casts out fear. And right now, I've, I feel afraid. But you said that in your love, I don't have to be afraid. I don't quite understand, don't know how you can work this out, but I'm gonna just trust in your love, God, and get back myself, get myself back, resting in his love. <clears throat> And when, when I don't see a way, God, you can make a way. And he said he delights in mercy. I love that. Through it all, it was so wonderful to know that his perfect love would cast out all fear because I knew that I didn't have to be afraid. If I was afraid, then I wasn't trusting in him, and I could run back into his arms and get secure, back secure in his love and trusting in his love. Isn't it wonderful to know that we don't have to be afraid and nothing can separate us from his love? And I love that song that we sang here in your worship set about your love never fails. I think I listened to that a hundred times, probably more than a hundred times, during the course of his recovery. And I still turn it on a lot of times now. Just, it's just very comforting. And um, some of the words are like this. When the oceans rage, I don't have to be afraid because I know that you love me. When the chasm's far too wide, I don't know if he was ever going to walk again. When the chasm's far too wide, I never thought I'd reach the other side. Your love never fails. His love never fails. His beautiful love banishes fear and his love never fails. We can unashamedly trust in his love. I realized I didn't have to be afraid in the worst of situations. That was another aspect of his love. And my husband, as I said, spoke publicly for the first time this past July. And right now he's actually in the UK. This is his first time, his first overseas trip since the accident. And so God's love is so good, and he's watched out for him and healed his body. It's wonderful. There's always more that we can learn and experience of his love. I mean, even just a month ago, I wanted to talk to my husband about something. But you know, in, in married life, sometimes there's some things that just are easier to talk to your husband about, and some are harder than others to talk about. And it's part of life. We're two flawed people, and we've got to learn how to work that out, you know? But this was something I really felt like I really needed to talk to him about it, and I wasn't really looking forward to it because I didn't know what his response would be. And I found myself kind of worked up about it. And so finally I said, God, I, I just really need your help in this. And I got my attitude right toward him and toward everything and the best I knew how. And, 
And uh, it was just, I mean, it was like even maybe like five, six hours later, we were actually just sitting in our living room and just talking. And the whole, we had a conversation and we talked about the whole thing. It was amazing. There was like this presence in the room. And I, I couldn't believe, it was like, it was like a different person I was talking to, and maybe he was thinking, I'm talking to a different person too. You know, and we worked the whole thing out right there, and it's like, God, oh my gosh, you're bigger than I thought. This is part of your love too. You just care so much if we just look to you and, and ask you for help and, and uh, let his love prevail in it. So there's just always new little aspects and new ways that God can show his amazing love to us. Um, he delights in helping us. It, like that little four-year-old said, if we could only know how much Jesus loves us. His love is extravagant. It's beyond what we deserve. It's excessive. There's so many facets. There's always more to discover and experience. So let's believe God, the love that God has for us. Amen? Let's believe that love that God has for us. And let's stay in expectancy of God's love. What are you facing today? Where do you need, what, what makes you a little bit scared? What, what can you ask God to help you with? What can you do? Uh, what can you run into his arms and talk to him about and get secure in his love? And, and just open yourself up to God. I don't know how this can be worked out, but you said I don't have to be afraid in your love, so you must have something in that love that can work this thing out. Amen? So let's believe his love and stay in expectancy of his love. And I'll just end with this verse that we read before. And we have known and believe the, God, the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who stays in expectancy of his love abides in God and God in him. Amen. 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 Amen.